Welcome to our new episode of The World of Running by Geeks on Feet. I'm your host Aditi Pandya. We are in our season 2 and this is the second episode of our season. We are all born athletes. Example, a newborn child knows how to swim and gradually forgets as we don't use those skills. The same goes with any other sport. When it comes to running as a sport, we do have commonalities. example lifestyle changes improving pace and so on it is also not surprising to see that such commonalities extend to the kind of mistakes runners make given running comes naturally to humans it is seldom that runners learn the skill and know-how required to run better unlike some other sports like squash tennis and so on one might assume these mistakes are only done by beginners but surprisingly These are also done by experienced runners. Before I go ahead in today's episode, I have a request to all our listeners. If you like this podcast and know of someone getting into running, please share a podcast link with them. At Geeks on Feet, we have been interacting with many coaches and runners, and based on these interactions, we have come to put the common mistakes into two buckets: training-related mistakes an approach and orientation towards running our today's guest is zack newman zack is a running coach and a co-founder of run to pb online run coaching zack is a long distance runner with a wealth of experience on track cross country and road racing spanning over 20 years of training and competitive experience across the globe Zach spent time in the US competing at the NCAA US collegiate system before returning to Australia. He has competed in major marathons including London, Chicago and the prestigious Lake Biwa Marathon in Japan. He has also finished among the top 10 at the Melbourne Marathon on two occasions. His marathon PB stands at 2 hours and 25 minutes. Zach's other PBs include 30 minutes and 47 seconds for 10 kilometers and 1 hour 6 minutes and 55 seconds for half marathon. Zach is also a host of Better with Running, a running podcast and he also manages the partnerships and content of Australia's leading running podcast, Inside Running Podcast. Welcome Zach on our podcast. Thanks Aditi. Yeah, it's great to be on the podcast and um I've been enjoying listening to some of your episodes and it's um a big congratulations to the community that you've uh, you've been building over in India. So it's really exciting. Thank you. And I also read that you are also a host of podcast uh, that is Better with Running and then you are also manage some of the content for few of the Australian podcasts. It is always nice to meet a fellow podcaster. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think being able to talk about running i mean i, I love running um physically and then also being able to jump on a microphone and talk about it and uh talk about training and and all the rest of it it's um it's always good fun to, to jump on a podcast so sir today's podcast episode is about training mistakes and uh, and while researching for this podcast i i realized that more than 50% of the injuries in running happen because of incorrect training and despite of genetic differences among us runners training is one of the most influential factor when it comes to running right so be it efficiency endurance performance and i want to take one of the subtopics that is running too much too soon 
Um, and this happens commonly when we start our running journey. And also because we are in a hurry to, you know, if I have promised myself to lose some weight or reach a certain pace, I would just focus on running, right? So can you talk about how can runners approach this phase in terms of mileage or a thumb rule when, when they want to increase mileage and stuff like that? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And um, there's, there's a bit to unpack there. And I guess it probably stems back to one of the reasons, one of the core reasons why um, I got into coaching and, and why I established the coaching business run to PB because um, my other two partners were also coaching athletes and running too much too soon was a common mistake. We, um, you know, we came across as, as, as athletes that we were coaching. And, you know, I think largely, and I think you touched on it before, is that, um, you know, running uh, often we want to achieve things and that we have goals and we want to, to go after them and, and running is, um, it takes time. It's a patience game and it's a, it's a long game. And I think you can, and as a runner myself, I've, I've made many of mistakes and I'll probably, <laughs> I'll probably make mistakes in the future. I mean, it's, um, you know, it is, it's a constant learning, um, curve running and there's so many elements to it. And then there isn't one size fits all, but, um, yeah, I guess that sort of, um, you know, people want to, I guess that mistake where they do try to, to run longer and faster and, and become injured straight away or, you know, early on in the piece is, is it something I guess I, I really consciously look at when I structure a training program. And I know when you're enthusiastic to get into running and, and in Australia, there's been quite a running sort of running boom here. So there's been quite a lot of people getting into the sport and, and even with COVID and lockdowns and, gyms being closed, a lot of people get, got into running. Um, so, you know, I think going to your point around, yeah, that structure, it's, yeah, it's really is about um, having a personalised approach as a coach and having a program with the athlete and their individual needs taken into account. You know, because we're all coming from different backgrounds, different goals and, and even how much history we've had with running, our injury history, our lifestyle, our access to training facilities. You know, these are all big factors in, involved in structuring a program. So you you don't, um, yeah, so you improve essentially and um, you don't have those common mistakes. So in terms of, yeah, the, the way we structure programs, um, yeah, it's, it is a case of incorporating a number of different training methods and training systems within your approach and just going longer and faster each day it's not a sustainable option you need to have that um you know a level of recovery in there which is really important but you also need to you know train train hard on your hard days and easy on your easy days and i think a big thing that we we look at is the overall week rather than trying to get super sessions and trying to um I guess, um, do it all quite quickly, you know, and I think for runners that have been running for a while that have been, you know, have done some events, have had some success, but want to take it to the next level, maybe they want to break 20 minutes. Um, you know, a big thing, uh, a big mistake that I see is that um, people run too fast on their easy days and they don't allow themselves to recover. So they tend to be sitting in the grey zone. Um, so it's not a it's not a session day and it's not an easy day. They're sort of in between. And I think it's really important that um, athletes, runners really 
get aware of um, and, and, and having some structure around your easy days and making sure you stick to it and don't get caught up in, in looking at your watch and, and being obsessed with data and GPS and, and Strava. So that's a, that's a big thing that runners that have, you know, had some experience um, you know, they've gone past the beginner stage. They're now um, trying to improve their times. They really need to focus on taking their easy days easy. Sure. Zach, I also want to uh, take your brain here. When uh, somebody is just, say, has completed a half marathon and is now focusing on a marathon, uh, as far as a training is concerned, should they follow a 10% rise in in the mileage or if you can talk about how much should they mix strength training and conditioning alongside with the mileage? Sure. I, I you know, I'm aware of the 10% rule, but I, I don't tend to subscribe to sitting, you know, just that as a blanket rule because I, I tend to, it's, it's very individual and depends on the situation. And I think having that structure in a program and a level of periodization. So having a, a base phase, a strength phase, um, you know, a race specific and a taper, again, depending on the goals of the athletes, um, you know, some, some athletes want to do multiple races. So it's important to build around that as well. Um, but in terms of the 10% rule, I don't sort of believe in uh, sort of that linear approach of just, doing a little bit more each, you know, every few weeks or um, I actually look at the sessions and within the sessions, within the workouts, there are some things that you can tinker in there um, that may not be 10%. So at the end of the week, you may have done some harder workouts, but you may have done the same mileage. So, and mileage isn't the only, you know, having an increase in your mileage doesn't automatically mean you're going to run faster. Um, some people can run better off lower mileage um, and a program that has a mix of, of cross-training um, specific sessions within it, you know, it really depends on when I work with an athlete is what other areas we need to work on and how does that fit into their lifestyle as well because, um, yeah, simply running more doesn't always mean you're going to run faster. Sure. Zach, I also want to talk about recovery and uh, not giving ourselves enough recovery can be an adverse thing. So, and this is also generally happens that as we mentioned, right, we look at, look at Strava so very often and Garmin that, that we keep looking at our peers running hard or, or doing better that we do not give uh, our body the time to recover fully. We feel that we are building on our stamina and strength, but at the same time, we are breaking down our body and damaging our tissues. So, so I want to talk to you about how can they focus on mobility and stretching, cool down, warm ups, and um, if you can talk about how they can identify that they are overtraining. What are the cues that they will get that they have started overtraining and the body needs rest? Look, I, I think a big thing. Um, then if a coach isn't involved, um, whether you've got a running partner or someone that you, you, you're close to that runs and has some knowledge of your running, it's communicating and constantly communicating, I guess, yeah, going back to your point, not judging ourselves too harshly against the watch. Um, yeah, you can really get caught up in, in doing the same session, the same routes, uh, comparing yourself. And that, that can be a, that can add to the, to the stress as well. Um, 
you know, a big thing for me uh, in terms of just from a running standpoint is going to time. So not saying, you know, I'm going to do a 10K run. It's actually I'm going to run for, for 50 minutes and whether that's 10K one day and it could be um, – 9k the next day it doesn't really matter it's all about doing it on time because each day is different when you're doing an easy run and even when you're doing a session because other factors come into play whether it's the uh, stresses outside of your life um, the conditions just you're not going to feel the same every single day and I was talking about week on week uh, month on month as as a training uh, philosophy that you know you really do need to be patient and 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 also um that holistic approach. So yes, there's a running, but also including some strength and conditioning in there. Um, and that might be in the base phase or in the building phase, you actually incorporate that and you might start with one session a week in the in the gym or some body uh, core exercises at home, some mobility, some activations. You might go out to two times depending on, on where that fits in your lifestyle as well because you do need to recover and, you know, sleep is sleep is the, the easiest way to recover. So getting extra sleep, whether that's you know, when you're in a hard training block, you start to go to bed just half an hour earlier. You know, you watch TV, you turn the TV off half an hour early and you go to sleep. And that's a huge thing that you can actually really get benefit from because whilst you do the workouts, you need to, you actually get the benefit when you're recovering and when you sleep, when you're, when you're resting. And, you know, I think that's really important to focus on that. Um, you know, you can also include um, yeah, some cross training, some you know, yoga is fantastic, um, foam rolling. And also if you have a program, you have a coach, make sure you have that in your program. So you have scheduled days. If it's not scheduled in there, often it gets missed. Um, and, and look, some will say they're one percenters, two percenters, but they all do add up. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's something I'd look at. And, and in terms of the telltale signs of, um, overtraining it's you know you can really see it from um from data which i can see as a coach is obviously pace on easy runs you might struggle heart rate um sluggish but generally it's feedback um you know if you if you're tired you know, tiredness and irritability if you can if you're starting to feel like it's a chore then you're generally pretty tired um it is a balancing act because when you get into a marathon block you are going to be tired and you need to be able to push through on some days, but you do learn over time and, and with a coach and with communication, what are the da- when are the days to just actually take off and, and recover? Sure. So uh, just for our listeners, what should be a recovery to training ratio? Um, I would suggest, I mean, I, I tend to, and again, depending on the level of the runner, if it's a say a marathoner, they may only be doing two sessions, two hard sessions a week, and the rest of the, rest of the runs are actually recovery runs, um, easy, and a, you know maybe two long runs or one one big long run and a, a medium long run. So there's quite a big rest in between. So you actually um, the you know the recovery to tra- do you mean recovery to training or recovery between uh, training sessions? Generally, I'm taking a meso cycle. What should be the mm. recovery versus the training of say three to four weeks? Yeah, I mean, in that instance, you know, like a lot of your running is actually very easy. So you may only have two sessions a week. So the, the uh, recovery and the easy days, yeah, they do take up the majority of the time. Um, there's also something things you can do around spacing workouts. So if you do a morning session, you may have a full rest 
and then not run until the next day in the afternoon. So you can, you know, it's really important to to look at that. And, and again, it depends on your circumstances. So if you are busy and you're working a desk job, you've got to consider that as well as to how much time you can allocate to, to recovery and training. So the other mistake that we make during our uh, training phase is also lack of variety. I personally feel that endurance, speed, form, all these things need to uh, be as part of a variety and improving our, our, our overall pace. So if you can talk about how to bring in variety in training with respect to mixing the types of training. Sure. Um, you know, I always say to sort of go back a bit towards when you have, when you are in a training block and you've, you've got a goal race in mind and let's say it's a marathon in, in 12 to six, you know, 16 weeks out, you I tend to periodize and have that base phase and some strength. And in that base and strength phase, um, you're actually just folk building towards that. So you're almost training to get, you're almost um, training before you get into the actual um, core workouts. So you're doing a lot of easy running to build up that strength and that base before you then get into works workout. So just on that, you you know, those those early base and strength phases, a variety may just be in terms of um, the volume and the distance. So, you know, some days you'll be doing a little bit longer, some will be shorter runs before you then get into the workouts. And when you get into the workouts, um, you know, things, things change um, throughout the week in terms of, say, your frequency of an intensity and, and maybe the volume and the distance. But I, I don't always change those things in the same week, all those three things. So they're factors that we look at in the program. Um, the lack of variety, I think, or I guess how to bring in variety, yeah, I think, I mean, the base run, you know, it's, it's, it is super important to keep that they are active recovery runs and, you know, you really want to, make sure that you do stick to easy paces and, you know, running with people is great for that, uh, making it social, making it talking pace, um, you know, so you can carry a conversation and then also changing the routes and locations can help with that variety. But, you know, I guess then they do make up the bulk of your, your weekly mileage, the base run, but also, um, you know, a long run, which we sort of touched on there, with a long run, you want that at the end of the week. So whether in, in Australia, traditionally that's on the Sunday, Sunday morning, and it's come off the off two workouts. So you've got tired legs and particularly in a marathon phase, you might adjust that. You may have a, a fast finish at the end of a, of a long run that can help with, with the variety. But again, that really does depend on where you're at in your training block. And I typically put that long run in with a fast finish when you're in a, um, a, trace, a specific phase of training, uh, you know, competition, pre-competition or competition phase of your training. Um, and then, yeah, look, there's a number of sessions that, you know, I could just touch on like progression runs, fart leg we've, we've talked about. You can use that all year round and that can have a lot of variations in terms of time, intensity, and you're really working on managing the fatigue and running on tired legs. Um, heel repeats, tempo runs, intervals. So all those things kind of, I guess, if you think of them as a bit of a melting pot and a, of sessions that go into the week, but 
ultimately, you, you know, two to three sessions a week is actually what you'll get the benefits from because you can't do six sessions a week. You just you just break down. You know, you need to have those those rests and recovery days to get the best bang for your buck. Looking at the need of the hour and keeping comfort and safety in mind, Run Mechanics have launched the online option for running farm analysis, which is simple and can be done at your convenience. For online running farm analysis, runners need a smartphone and natural light. Runners can opt to run on treadmill or a road or a track. This can be done in three simple steps. Log in and create your profile, record your run, and upload your video. To know more about online running farm analysis, visit www.runmechanics.in. So I want to shift focus now on the approach. Approach is how we get better at running. And this is a combination of goal setting, mental discipline and experience. And it is difficult for beginners as well as experts. Generally, uh, once in a while, we do face that we have reached a plateau in our performance or there is a burnout, lack of motivation, and we are unable to maintain consistency. And generally, this is also where a coach plays a very, very important role, right? So say, for example, how to set a proper goal is important. Setting unrealistic goals that don't like depending upon our fitness and the current capability can backfire us. So can you just elaborate on how to determine target paces? Say, for example, I am a, I am able to run at a pace of 540, but I'm planning to do a sub two half marathon. Am I actually talk, what, what are the things that should be taken into consideration? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, a big, big consideration if you are setting a goal like that is, is, is sort of winding it back towards um, your, yeah, quite a few factors around how much you have run previously and what your experience with running. And I guess if you've, if you've been running four days a week, five days a week, it'd be, you would want to look at um, what kind of running that was and what you're undertaking and what kind of sessions were in there. Um, injury history is quite important. So looking at some of the strengths and weaknesses that you, we need to focus on there, um, you know, your lifestyle, you know, your work, your family, like that has, has a major impact on, on how much time you can commit. And that does determine, you know, with your goals, how we can, how can sort of attack them. Um, so, yeah, I guess going back to, you know, goal setting per se, it's sitting down with the athlete and really working out um, what, what they can do to commit and how we can build a program around it. And in terms of paces, yeah, it's, you know, easy paces can change as you get fitter as well. So often you we, we start as a more conservative approach on the easy days and then as the sessions build in, so during the base phase you may be doing a lot of easy runs when we start to get into a, a competition or a training specific phase, then sessions come in. So there's more fatigue in the legs. So your easier runs um, just organically get slow, uh, get adjusted and you actually run a little bit slower because you're a bit tired, but then you can actually hit your sessions a little bit harder. Um, so training paces and target paces, they will evolve throughout the, the training program. If you're in a marathon phase, you may do a lot of, a lot of work, at your goal marathon pace or alternatively you 
there is sessions that you'll focus on, you know, with some speed work where you're actually going under your um, under your goal paces so you can get more efficient at that pace and to help increase your speed. Um, you know, intervals are fantastic for that. You know, with intervals, they can be long and they can be short. They can be by minutes or distance on a track, on a road. Um, yeah, I mean, when you build those those interval workouts in safely, safely to a program with with the target uh, paces in there, and and sometimes you need to have a little bit of leeway there, and then you find a balance as to the paces, um, and you can alter those with recoveries, whether it's a slow jog and a standing recovery. Um, you know, common workouts in Australia are one k reps, two k reps, four hundred meter reps, and then there's variations on the quantity and the recovery time. Um, you know, marathon training, you can be doing 3K to 6K reps. So it's, um, it really does, um, you know, target paces are quite different across the board. So one thing I have realized here that sports has the same language across geographies because every time you say that this is something which is common in Australia, I feel it's the same in India. And I, I do uh, feel that it will be same across the world. Thankfully, there are no different languages there. So... Sometimes we race way too much. So there was a time, uh, 2018, maybe I, I, I had too many races in my kitty and I started feeling burnt out. I had few injuries. It, it became like a drudgery for me. And I want to understand from you that how to identify races for a year and how to plan for the training accordingly. It's, it's about sitting down and actually, because you can go to every event, but you have to determine which ones are your actual goal races because, you know, some of these events you're going to either need to shelve and just say, well, to get the best. Because when you train and then you race, you do need to recover. So if you race every weekend or every two weeks, you do stunt the growth in your, your overall target because you're, you're having to sort of build, race, recover, build again. Whereas it's, it does make more sense to actually do a longer build with a goal race in there. That being said, I, I know in the last few years um, we've, <laughs> we haven't had a lot of races. So and a lot of my athletes in even Australia, we've had, um, yeah, we've had so many cancellations with races. Now that races are back on, I've really been encouraging people to get back and enjoy racing. Um, but you've got to have a goal on that race. So it's not always to run a PB. You may use it as a training session. So we, we incorporate that as a training workout. Um, we don't taper for it. It just becomes part of a, part of a workout. Um, yeah, so that's that's something you can do. I mean, it, you know, it can get burned out if you have, if you really haven't um, got the structure in place that allows you to, um, you know, to recover and, and really um, – get going again i think if you just feel like you it's a chore then yeah you may need to consider sort of changing um some of the changing your, your where you run or the groups you run, like you know just mixing things up because you're uh, running shouldn't become a chore so zach i have one last question for you apart from what we spoke do you see any other common mistakes that you see among your your mentees and runners yeah, I think one that, um, you know, going on from um, patience and trying to do things too fast and I think we've got a, um, a kind of society that wants a quick quick fix at the moment and we, wanna, we want everything now. I think that I've sort of covered that off but I guess 
one mistake and people probably underestimate that um, the mental side of running and training and, and how the, how doing workouts and sessions can help with that. So practicing some things where, you know, in sessions you can actually simulate what it's going to feel like, um, whether it's in a marathon or in a, in a, in a 10K race. So, um, you know, using your workouts and then incorporating whether you use mantras or you use mental tricks um, to get yourself through those situations because, uh, yeah, the physical part of training is, is, is really important. But mentally when you get into race day, um, that's something you want to really practice and a lot of people make the mistake of, of probably not looking at that too closely and there's a number of ways you can you can improve that um, by utilising, you know, some, some strategies in, in your training sessions and, and in your overall um, and your overall running. Zach, with this, we come to the end of our episode. And uh, thank you for your time and all the best for your coming season. Thank you. And thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, it's great to chat and good luck with your running. Thank you. I would like to thank all our listeners. And if you like this episode and would like to know more on the world of running, please subscribe to our channel. And if you know of someone who is starting their journey into fitness and running, do share a podcast link with them. I would like to thank my friend Arvind for editing, sound recording and taking care of the post-production for this podcast. If you have any suggestions on improving the content of the show or topics you would like us to cover, please share it by emailing us at connect at geeksonfeet.com. We generate running content for those seeking technical assistance to training, which is available in our show notes or you can also reach us through Twitter, Facebook or Instagram.